When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast. It's week 12. I'm your host, Jason. That's Timmy. That's Eric. Uh, boys, it was a rough week uh, in week 11. You know, I, I, at this point, I'm just, I'm done saying we're going to get it right. Uh, I'm through. I'm just that, you know, I got no confidence and uh, my confidence is broken. So we're just going to try to move forward and maybe not go 0 and 4 every week. Maybe we can get one or two points. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Timmy, what's going on, man? How are you? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, putting some ice on the black eyes that I've been taking the last couple of weeks, but I'll be all right. Yeah, man. You've been taking it to the face, 100%. Eric, what's going on with you, man? Oh, same old, same old. I mean, I, I managed to to not completely embarrass myself this week, so you know, we'll see what the future holds. I, I feel like 0-4 is just around the corner for any of us this season. Well, it's... uh. It's been around the corner for me a couple of times, Timmy, the last two weeks. Yeah, well, it's sitting on my face, so. (laughs) Who wants a mustache ride? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could be worse. It could be worse. You know, we could be like uh, the athletic director paying millions of dollars to see our teams get their, you know, get the shit kicked out of them. So, you know, I'll be happy that we're just you know, sitting on this podcast and we can just bitch about the fact that, you know, we're losing money on bets here and there. So looking at week 11, guys, week 11, we do have a little bit of breaking news here. Uh, At this point now, if I'm not mistaken, that's, I believe it's five Power 5 coaching jobs are open now because two coaches were fired uh, yesterday and today. Uh, Jimmy Lake at Washington was fired, or well, they both of these coaches mutually agreed to part ways, but you know that's code for you. They got shit canned. So Jimmy Lake uh, yesterday and today, Justin Fuente of Virginia Tech, uh, they mutually agreed to part ways. Uh, Eric, I want to talk to you about Washington first because I mean Washington, they're they're just they went three and one last year, and Jimmy Lake is out after thirteen games, just thirteen. So with with all the shit that's been going on there, like you know all the rumors and the it's just culturally not a fit. I mean, is that why they went ahead and pulled the trigger just to get out like everybody else jump out on the coaching carousel early? Well, you should know that. So, yeah, I was surprised that he only got 13 games because that's basically a season. I mean, he's he's six and seven there. So that's effectively like if he went six and six and lost a bowl game in a full season. Uh, so it seems short, but he does have a reputation as a guy who talks the talk. And unfortunately for him as a head coach, he really didn't walk the walk on the field i mean offensively they are terrible uh, they are god awful on yeah, offense bad. um and you know the the recruiting uh at least the perception is the recruiting went downhill um, yeah 30 31st or 36th last year i yeah. believe and 54th so far this year right something like that so so the the three the three years before he took over chris peterson's last three years they were washington was in the top 16 nationally all three of those years then last year's class, they go to 36. Uh, this current year class, as of now, is 54th. Probably mm-hmm. going to go down because I would expect you'll see some decommits if guys are unsure about what's going on there. So, um, <laughs> or, or it could go up. Yeah. So on field, um, they're abysmal on one side of the ball. And they're pretty good on the other for the most part. But then you get some of the off field stuff. Um, you know, he, he didn't coach last week. He was unpaid suspension for borderline punching a player there was a kind of a scrum on the sideline he went to break it up and, and smacked the guy in the helmet and then after the firing the some kind of unverified reports came out from multiple people about there's maybe an altercation with a player in a locker room during the 2019 season when he was defensive coordinator so kind of the official word is hey it isn't any one thing it's not the deal on the sideline again in the oregon game 
It's not the play on the field. It's not the recruiting. It's just kind of a combination of all those. So he is, uh, he is out after 13 games. Well, I have a source that told me it's because he didn't play the Heward kid. <laughs> well, so the Heward kid, and I guess I didn't know about this because I hadn't been paying to, you know, attention to Washington because they're terrible, but the, he's gotten some snaps in, I think, three different games. Yeah, like a couple. Right. I, I think it's series here, series there. They haven't, like, really turned it over to him, which, given the state of the rest of their offense, which really should be good. I mean, they brought back every scholarship offensive lineman they had from last year. Like they should be really good up front, and they're not. Yeah, I think we all agreed at the beginning of the year that they were going to be a slightly above average Pac-12 team. Yeah, I think right? uh, I think we all took the over on them, uh, like eight and a half or nine games. I thought they would be right behind Oregon coming out of the north, and they're not yeah. close. Yeah, same. So he's definitely. Uh, it, I mean, I'm with you, Eric. It, it has to be some kind of you know just. The culture is bad, some something along those lines, because 13 games is just too small of a sample size to really get a good judgment on how good he's doing on the field, I guess. so. Right. You look at a lot of coaches who have been successful, and like Dabo is a prime example. He wasn't some like mythical world beater after 13 games or yeah, anything no. even close to that, right? I right. mean, so there, I think there's some behind the scenes stuff that there maybe they're not publicizing that contributed to it because. 13 games just on the face of it is fishy to me. Yeah, well, I'm sure he'll uh I'm sure he'll have plenty of opportunities for a job as a defensive coordinator somewhere cuz like you said he does field a good defense. And speaking of teams that normally have good defense, Timmy, uh, we've been talking about it all year, Justin Fuente, uh he's out uh, after what this is his 5th season and he's regressed his 6th, but yeah. yeah, and he's regressed the last 3 seasons. First time that Virginia Tech hadn't made a bowl game in a long time. So, I mean, what what's what what's your opinion on what's going on there? So, this was kind of an interesting scenario, kind of listening to the athletic director uh, give his remarks to the media today. Um, basically, the situation happened like this. Uh, him and Fuente meet every Wednesday during the season, and they met last Wednesday, and Somehow, in some shape or form, basically, the question got asked of what's the confidence level or how much assurance can you give me that I'm going to be the coach next year? And Whit Babcock, the athletic director, basically shot him straight and was like, look, man, I can't guarantee that. And Fuente was basically like, well, if you can't guarantee me that I'm going to be the coach next year, then let's just fucking call a spade a spade and let's cut bait right now. And that's where the mutually agreed upon you know, termination came from. And then speaking about the buyout clause, yeah, he would have been owed $10 million if he was uh, cut loose before December 15th, uh, but they negotiated some middle ground uh, of about $8.5 million that he's going to get um, to walk this year. Um, and he was offered the Ed Orgeron treatment to stick around and coach out the rest of the year. And Understandably so, he declined that. So that's kind of how the the situation transpired there with the firing. It's kind of by accident, you know? <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they get. But speaking of coaches that are going to make a lot of money, I want to move into the recaps, boys, from week 11. And I'm going to start in the Big 12. And uh, the couches are burning in the Oklahoma quarterback room because they've got a controversy. They we saw Dr. Thunder step on the field, get six pass attempts this weekend in a loss to Baylor, 27-14. to 14. And I would like to preface this with um, a little, just kind of a, I don't want to say a rant, but just a comment here. I saw Lincoln Riley in an interview where they talked about how Baylor kicked a field goal at the end of the game as time expired to go, to go up 13 instead of 10. And he's like, oh, it's bad sportsmanship. I know why he did it. I just don't agree with it. It's terrible. You must think I'm dumb. I would like to rewind the clock back to 2018. I went back to look at this. Oklahoma was up like 66 to 30 or something, or 63 to 30. And they kicked a field goal against Baylor with a minute and 20 seconds left. Did anybody see that game? You saw that game? Yeah. Yeah, Lincoln Riley can go in the corner with Danny Cannell and eat shit. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, I saw the comments you're talking about, and I was like, just just shut up. Just don't say anything more to embarrass. 
because it's not like in in the last five years Oklahoma has never run up the score on anybody unnecessarily. Like, oh kiss yeah, my ass, they're dude. like the kings of running up the score, dude. They they do it as much as Ohio State does it. I mean, what are we talking about? And Baylor didn't do it to like rub their face in it. It was hey, there's maybe going to be four teams with two losses, and then you get into tiebreaker scenarios for the conference championship game, and point differential is like the second or third one. Like, Really what he was pissed off about was that the fans rushed the field. Yeah, and I mean, I understand it from his perspective of like, they don't penalize the team and, you know, whatever. It's player safety issue, and all of that is true. Yeah, and and, and all that I'm fine with, but then he starts whining about, oh, you call timeout to kick a field. Shut up. Yeah, dude, up. like, quit whining. I mean, I remember an NFL game a few years ago where the Patriots got the shit kicked out of them by somebody. I think it was Tennessee, maybe. And Tennessee was still scoring and going for it on fourth down, and they were up like 40. And they asked Bill Belichick about it, and he's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? They kicked our asses. You know, like, so what? Yeah. You know what, Lincoln? I got another case of extra strength butt hurt cream that's left over from the midseason review. I'll, <laughs> I'll ship it to you. No shit. <laughs> So, with all that being said, Baylor scored 17 points in the fourth quarter and just put it away. Oklahoma's quarterbacks, God, the QBRs, man. Caleb Williams with a 40.5 QBR. Spencer Rattler with a solid 15.0 QBR. Doesn't look too good. And, you know, on the other side, Gary Bohannon, he didn't really do anything spectacular. But, man, you talk about just getting gashed on the ground. Baylor rushed for 297 on him. Ugh. Oklahoma's defense didn't really show up to stop the run. And, you know, we'll get into what it's going to mean for the playoffs and stuff like that later. But, boys, I I don't think they're the best team in the Big 12. They're not the best team in the state of Oklahoma. No, they're not. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I would say Baylor's better than them, and I would also say Oklahoma State. Give me Gundy. Looks better than them. And I'll be the first to admit, I said they sucked before the season, and apparently they don't. So what the fuck do I know? Well, we've all established that none of us know absolutely fucking anything about jack shit. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just, I mean it was a pretty ugly game on Oklahoma's part. They just they couldn't they couldn't do shit, man. They couldn't run the ball, they couldn't throw the ball. Their offense was putrid. Baylor just and Dave Aranda, man, that guy, he's got Oklahoma's number. Like he's got Lincoln Riley's number. Whatever the case, I mean, you look back last year when he was at LSU, like that he's got their number, man. So I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look good for Oklahoma the rest of the season with all the shit they got going on, unless something changes in their quarterback room. But it, it hasn't looked good for them all year. This is just the the you know the writing on the wall's been up there all year. Yeah, I think we're you know now they're getting into the meat of their schedule and we're starting to see it. But I do want to stay in the Big Twelve here, and uh, boys, <sighs> Longhorn Nation. We're back. Somebody better call Slick McRick Hayes and check on him because <laughs> because he's got to need some. Somebody needs to put him on the couch and talk to him because uh, he's going to need some therapy after what we saw this weekend uh, with Kansas and Texas. That was a fucking embarrassment. I'll tell you one thing Tom Herman never did, and that's lose to Kansas. So I'm sitting here looking at, you know, Texas's athletic director going, how's it feel to keep just changing over coaches and then you end up losing to Texas? I mean, 57 to 56 was the final. Kansas jumped all over them in the first half. It was 35 to 14 at halftime because Kansas got a pick six right before the half. Looking at Texas's numbers, I mean, they were playing Kansas, so you can't really like get anything from the fact that Casey Thompson, you know, threw for three fifty and six touchdowns. I mean, it's Kansas. He should do that. They suck. We suck. But Texas's defense, man. Ever since the second half of the Oklahoma game, they have been straight up garbage. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. Caleb Williams broke Texas. <laughs> I would just like to point out that. Kansas for the year has averaged 15 points per game. That is all. They are who we thought they were. Well, we're all wrong on the uh, on the Vegas total. Uh, if yeah, the, I think if, we all took under one and a half, didn't we? No, I think we all took under zero is what we yeah, took. Yeah, I took under zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, the, the actual Vegas number was one and a half. We all took, all took the under to, to varying degrees. Yes, that's correct. If the line was zero, I still would have taken the under. So. Correct. I don't know, man. 
I think at this point, Sarkeesian has to pull a Mike Leach from last year where he just goes through and cuts like 30 kids out of the program. We all saw the video of, you know, Texas's assistant coach on the bus last week, just ripping those kids a new one, cursing at them, just going nuts, pissed off. Yeah, and that was before they lost to Kansas. That was before. And then they turn around and lose to Kansas. So I feel like now, like there's just a big cultural divide between what Sark is trying to do and the kids in the program. So either something's got to give and he's got to cut all those kids or it's just going to be ugly for a while. I don't know. If it's me, I I pull a Mike Leach and I just cut bait and say, hey, you're done. You're not playing on the team anymore. Get somebody in here who actually wants to be here. Well, you very may, very may well see a lot of them just go into the transfer portal. Well, I'm sure they'd be fine with that because it can't get much worse than losing to fucking Kansas. I mean, what are we talking about? These guys are about to join the SEC. You kidding me? I mean, that's like losing to Vanderbilt. That's exactly like losing to Vanderbilt, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Worse than losing to Vanderbilt. Yeah. Can you imagine a team like, say, say Georgia or like a Florida, you know, who's having a down year? <laughs> Like loses to that's Vandy one, at home. It's one way to say it, yeah. I mean, Mullen would be maybe on the chopping block at halftime. So I don't know. They, they're in trouble. They got to change some shit. Yeah, if Eric Mulher was athletic director, he'd have been shit canned two weeks ago. <laughs> well, I don't know about two weeks ago, but so I mean, yeah, I probably would have said, okay, just win the Sanford, you know, see how the year finishes. But boy, they're going to have to scramble just to get bowl eligible. Yeah, well. Touching on Florida for just a second. I mean, they did they did score 70 points and have like 700 yards of offense, but the defense just didn't show up at all. So, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't matter when you have a defensive performance like that. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, uh, they got no excuse there. But keeping up with the recaps, Texas fans, we're sorry. Like we, <laughs> I'm not sorry. I feel strong about this now, really strong. Anywho, I'm going to kick up to the up north and to the Big Ten. Timmy, I mean, Harbaugh, I would say there's probably a good chance he's back next year at this point, even if he tanks the rest of the year. I don't know. I think he saved his job at this point with a, a pretty much a, a last-minute win over Penn State. You know, they scored with, what, a minute 40 to go to take the lead and secure the win. So give me a rundown, Michigan-Penn State. Honestly, I thought Penn State played well enough to win that game. They left six crucial points on the field, three of which – were a result of a a fake field goal that James Franklin decided to run. You know, on the same drive, they had run a fake punt and converted on. It's like, how many times are you going to go to the well here? And that fake field goal involved the holder throwing the ball to the kicker, and that's just never a good formula for a successful play, in my opinion. That's just just terrible. Let's just call that what it was. That was fucking stupid. Yeah, that was stupid. And then they missed another field goal late in the fourth quarter. So that's six points right there that, you know, would have won the game. But, you know, ultimately they were in position to win the game until they gave up that big play to the tight end in the fourth quarter that went for like 60 yards or some shit like that. And, you know, that's just inexcusable. But, you know, I thought they they played well enough to win the game. But, you know, Michigan ended up on top. Well, I doubt James Franklin cares very much because he's probably going to be coaching somewhere else next year, unlike Harbaugh, who I think has probably saved his job at this point, even with a loss to Ohio State. I think Harbaugh is safe. I agree with you. But I think with each Penn State loss, James Franklin's stock is dwindling. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, saying he's going to walk into the LSU job, but I just don't see him sticking around there with all these jobs open. I think there's a better jobs out there. I mean, I think if USC offered him a contract, he takes it. That's all I'm saying. So we'll talk about them a little bit more when we get to playoff talk at the end of the show. Uh, And then, Eric, I watched some of this game, not much of it. Georgia, again, just dominant. Tennessee pretty much had, you know, they, they played tough in the first quarter. They had a lead there for a while. But, man, Georgia eventually just turned it on and shut them down. And they've pretty much got nobody left until they face probably Alabama. Am I wrong? You're you're not wrong. They have uh, Charleston Southern, which is an FCS team this week, and then they've got 
uh, Georgia Tech to finish up. Those should be probably four touchdown wins, both of them. Yeah, and then they'll get what looks like Alabama, unless a bunch of funky things happen. And that'll be that. You know, that'll be probably. I mean, obviously their best test of the year, but it'll be the first time they've really been tested at all in a while. Um, you know, Tennessee. I wouldn't say they gave them a game. They gave them a quarter, and they actually led. I think when the the second quarter started, which is the first time Georgia's trailed past the first quarter this year. But yeah, like you said, they made some adjustments. Uh, kind of got used to the tempo a little bit. I think Tennessee ran out of their their scripted play calls and you know it it really was the pressure they brought pressure from a lot of pressure from a lot of different places different guys and Hendon Hooker had to force some throws Uh, even when maybe the pressure wasn't there he thought it was sailed a couple and once you turn the ball over against Georgia and you get down two scores and you have to press a little bit boy you you are just in a world of hurt then and now in Hendon Hooker's defense he did play the best game by any quarterback this year against Georgia he he has taken over that mantle from uh, Bo Nix but yeah Georgia again you know go on the road uh, as a 20 and a half point favorite in a SEC game and cover kind of tells you all you need to know about where they're at yeah they're I mean they're far and away better than anybody in that conference you know minus maybe Alabama and we'll we'll get to that in the playoff discussion um and I will say this about Tennessee. I mean, I, I do think things are looking up there, like at least initially. Hypel, I think, has got them in the right, going in the right direction, it would seem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, your old uh, high school basketball nemesis is uh, doing yep. some doing some good things there. Yeah. We obviously took very divergent paths in life, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good for him. Yeah. Well, it's good. like you said, uh, if he gets canned, he'll get lots of money eventually. And it's good work if you can get it. But yeah. Moving forward out of the recaps, I think that's about all the you know games that we need to discuss. I want to move on to studs and duds because we haven't really had time to do this lately. So I want to run through them pretty quick. Timmy, give me your stud and your dud of the week. Um, my stud is CJ Stroud, who is 31 of 38, 361 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, he's continuing his Heisman campaign. And then my dud of the week is your boy Garrett Schrader at Syracuse, man. You took him in the picks last week, and uh, they let you down. 10 of 18 for an illustrious 46 yards, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they got the <sighs> shit beat out of him 41 to 3. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in the picks. I'm, uh, I'm the kiss of death for teams that are really good against the spread. So moving forward, uh, Eric, stud and your dud. Give it to me. Uh, my stud, real quick, we talked about him briefly, uh, Cade, Cade McNamara from Michigan. Um, he was 19 of 29 for 217 yards, which isn't really eye-popping, you know, like we normally get with the studs. But he threw three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and, you know, he, he threw the go-ahead score with a little over three minutes left. Um, conference, road game that they had to have. They had to have this one to stay alive in any fashion. Um, so I'm going to, uh, just because it was a big game and he did well and led his team to a comeback win on the road, uh, he's my stud. And my dud is Caleb Williams, uh, who we also talked about briefly, but he was 10 to 19, 146 yards, uh, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he did run for a score, but uh, you know he, he was throwing off his back foot and floating balls all day. He he did get his hand stepped on on a play near the sideline at the end of the first half, their last possession, but even even by then, he was struggling. He was one for four for eight yards and a pick in the first quarter. So um, in a game that they needed to have, uh, they being Oklahoma, uh, they went on the road and lost by 13 to Baylor. So uh, not a very good week for him. So he's my dud. Mm, well, and real quick, I'm going to, touch on my stud my dud stud uh for the second time this season a repeat customer uh will rogers mississippi state 44 for 55 415 and six touchdowns against auburn on the road and to add uh injury to insult there um after mississippi state was down 28 to 3 at halftime, they proceeded to score 40 unanswered and ended up winning 43 to 34. And on top of all that, Bo Nix hurt his ankle and had surgery yesterday. He is out for the season. So now TJ Finley is going to be taking the snaps for Auburn. So he's my stud of the week. And then for my dud, we touched on it a little bit, boys, the, the entire Florida defense. I mean, what the fuck is going on when you're giving up 50 plus points to Samford University? I, I I got nothing. I don't know. Like they just they took a week off. They 
didn't show up. They stayed on the bus. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. They're, so, well, I mean, or sometimes the the best explanation is just the simplest one. They're bad. We suck. <laughs> we like, suck. there's no. It's this isn't rocket surgery. That they just suck. I mean, they gave up fifty to LSU. They 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 were bad on defense last year. They're bad this year. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, but. God, how bad can you be to give up those kind of points to Sanford? I don't know. Anyway, I was, yeah, at that's home. uh, yeah, at at home in front of a home crowd. I don't know. That's that's fucking insane. I don't know how that happened. But with that, I I, I do think we need to move forward and get towards the picks. So um, we're gonna take a break, and uh, coming up on the other side, we'll review our picks and make our picks for this week, and then we're gonna close out the show talking playoff talk, and we'll do that every week the rest of the season until they are decided. So we will be back in just a second. Hey, football fans. We want to tell you about our corporate sponsor, DraftKings. Now you can bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't worry. They won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Boys, it's that time. And I'll be honest, I'm going to fucking breeze through these things because they suck. Please do. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, I'm going to start it, with it, you. Um, hey, yeah, hey. Timmy will let you skip over them completely if you want. Yeah. yeah. Here, I'll give you a recap of my picks. I fucking missed all of them. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh, UNC over 74 and a half. Uh, that didn't happen, as we all saw and were surprised by. Um, both teams actually just, I don't know if they didn't play enough, you know, good offense like normal, if their defense actually decided to show up. Don't know. But you missed there. Iowa, you took them at five and a half against my Golden Gophers. And, you know, they may have won. Good for you. But, you know, you can go fish yourself because they didn't cover. So... <laughs> Yeah, that they, half point screwed me. Yeah, they they won by five. So you know, good good on uh, Minnesota for at least covering there for me. And then I'm telling you, you you had this one coming. Duke plus eleven against your own team. I told you not to do that, and you took a minute. Yeah, anyway. you did that to yourself, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that that was just you just shot yourself in the foot there. You just you were so the one time <laughs> this year the Virginia Tech offense decides to show up and hang forty points was this week. Well, that's because they were playing Duke, and I don't think anybody in their right mind was taking Duke plus 11, but you did, and you missed. And then NC State over Wake Forest, Wake actually decided to show up and take care of business this week, unlike last week. So you went 0-4, you're 0-8 the last two weeks, yikes. Uh, at this point, you might as well just start throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, oh, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, can't can't wait for these pigs. I'm going to need a fire extinguisher in just a minute. Um, Eric, you and I did a little bit better this week. little slight improvement here. You took Louisiana minus six and a half. Uh, that covered. You took Coastal again and Georgia State over 52. You got a check mark there. Uh, Appy State, South Alabama over 54 and a half. You just missed that one. And then you took UVA over Notre Dame. And we got the news like, what, an hour before the game that fucking Virginia's quarterback wasn't going to play. So yeah, I didn't get the news until I turned the game on. I'm like, who the hell is this dude? Yeah. So <laughs> that, uh, you know, I turned it right back off. Yeah. Probably wouldn't get, have picked that had we have known, you know, yeah, that I, I gave him one series and I was like, no, this is a loser. Yeah. On yeah, with so, my day. Yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, and then 
Kicking over to me real quick, uh, Syracuse plus three and a half. We talked about that. They were eight and one against the spread going into last week. They were a three and a half point dog and they got capital D destroyed by 39 points. And uh, yeah, I'm the kiss of death for teams that are good against the spread. But moving forward, <laughs> Georgia minus 20 and a half uh, against Tennessee. They took care of business. Uh, I you know, listened to you guys saying they were the best and apparently they are. And then I wish I would have taken them in the upset, man. I wish I would have had the sack to do it. But Baylor plus five and a half, they won the game outright. Wish I'd have had the sack to take them, you know, outright, but I did not. And so one point instead of two. And then uh, LSU over Arky, Arkansas won in overtime. <sighs> I should have known. Timmy, you told me I was going to regret going home with Ed O Saturday night. And I most certainly did. I woke up going, what the fuck was I thinking? That's right. <laughs> so... <sighs> All that being said, Timmy, I'm not even going to repeat your against the spread record because I'm I'm afraid we're going to start losing listeners at this point. Um, yeah, we're going to get an explicit uh, sticker on the <laughs> on the homepage. Yeah, yeah. Good thing we don't take ourselves too seriously around here. Yeah, good good call because at this rate, you're going to need like a you know an NSFW rating to look at your against the spread record this year. But you're you're still at 17 points on the year. I am just under 500 at 16 and 17 against the spread, 22 points. And Eric is same 16 and 17, and he's got 24. So difference of one upset pick there between us. So I feel like I'm I'm coming for that top spot, Eric, man. You, you're in trouble. So you hope you got some just straight fire picks this week because you're in deep shit, man. I'm coming. Yeah, I need to make some improvements over the last three weeks. I feel like we say that all the time. <laughs> Well, you guys well, say it a lot. I, I mean, I've been, I've been okay. I haven't gone. I haven't had a, like a real rough stretch up until now. So, I, hopefully, I think I this around. might be your week. Join the O and Four Club. Oh yeah, uh, maybe. Oh, I mean, yeah. come on out. in. Yeah. The weather's toasty in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. He's got some picks that are not in the Sun Belt this week. So yeah, he's definitely due for like a one and three or O and Four week. And I'm over here talking mad shit, and I'm probably going to go 0-4. So, that being said, moving forward, I'm going to get into them this week. Week 12, Timmy, you're on the clock. You're on the tee first. You got the first overall pick since you've stunk the last two weeks. Give me your first pick of week 12. With the first pick in this week's draft, I'm taking Iowa State and Oklahoma. Give me the points with Ohio St- or Iowa State. I said it at the beginning of the year that I think Oklahoma is going to lose the game to Iowa State. I don't think either of these two teams are going to play in the Big 12 championship like I thought at the beginning of the year. But uh, I'm going to ride the Cyclones. I think Oklahoma is on the decline. Oh, man. I actually like that pick with what's going on. Iowa State, kind of a sneaky team, going to play some spoiler action. Wouldn't shock me if they went in there and beat them. So I don't disagree with that. I like the fact that you're sticking to your guns early in the season. Go back to what works, man, because you weren't this bad early in the season. I feel like you got away no, from No, but the works. Iowa State pick didn't work, so whatever. <laughs> well, I was going to leave that part out, but yeah. Um, so, all right, so you've got, you're taking the points with Iowa State. And what is that line? <coughs> Plus four. Plus Four. All right. Got it in. Locked in. All right, Eric, round number one. Uh, round number one, I'm going to take Wake Forest at Clemson. Ooh, imagine that. At Clemson, uh, over 54 and a half. Over 54 and a half. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ordinarily, I would run from an over in a Clemson game, but Wake has scored 35 or more every single game this year. Uh, they scored 40 or more their last five games. Clemson is actually putting points on the board lately. They're, they've put up 30 plus their last three games. Uh, and as an added bonus, uh, Wake hasn't played a shred of defense all year and they score a bunch. So give me 54 and a half. These are all factual statements. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with any of that. Uh, although I, I'm telling you, man, Eric, you're in deep shit this week. Uh, I actually kind of like that pick. So that's a pretty much a guarantee that it's not going to hit. Uh, yeah, so Death blow right there. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're in deep shit there. Uh, my first pick, I'm going to take a total as well. Uh, give me Arizona. I'm okay. I'm going to preface my picks with, I'm going to do two things I never do. I'm going to bet one of those is my first pick. I'm going to bet on a game that includes Herm Edwards. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Arizona state and Oregon state over 59 and a half. Uh, this game has gone over four years in a row. It's a track meet every year and I see it being more of the same. It's on the road at Oregon state. So I feel like Oregon state, you know, score some points and we know Arizona State can score with their quarterback they've got. So I feel like it's a track meet, man. So give me Arizona State, Oregon State over 59 and a half. So with that, I'm going to kick it back to you, Timmy. Round two. 
Uh, so the second game I got on my list is Utah and Oregon. Ooh, baby. I was hoping somebody had a pick on this one. I think the Ducks are primed to go down here. Um, I'm taking Utah plus three here, man. You must think I'm dumb. Ooh, man. That is, you're singing a different tune than when, uh, than when I said Utah could win the Pac-12. You're singing, and you crushed me on that. Now you've come over to my side. Is that what I'm hearing? Hey, I gotta, I gotta go with what's reality right now. And <laughs> Utah's looking like they're a solid team, man. Well, just because that you called it, now Oregon's gonna go in there and take care of business. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. So, all right, Utah plus three. I was hoping somebody would have a take on that game, but I figured they would take Oregon. So, Eric, tell me you're taking Oregon minus three. Do it. No balls. I am not taking Oregon. I'm not touching Oregon. Um, I, I, what I am going to take is Arkansas State at Georgia State over 64 and a half. Oh my God. What a fucking sleeper of a game. Yep. Another Sunbelt pick. Uh, Arkansas State, fun fact, they're allowing 40 points per game in conference play this year. And they've, uh, they've given up 50 to, uh, four different times. And Georgia State, for, and, you know, from their end, they've allowed 40 plus four times. So they also scored 28. Plus, uh, three of their last five games against much better defenses than Arkansas State offers. So they're, uh, I, I like 64 and a half. Hmm. Well, I'm oh, not going to watch and, that game. So, yeah, I'm not going to watch it either. But to also to rewind to my first pick, the 54 and a half is an old number. It's now 56. So I'm, t- I'm, I'm over 56 on Wake and Clemson. All right. Over 56. All right. Got that updated and over 64 and a half for Arkansas State and Georgia State. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, for round two for me, I'm going to do the other thing that I never do. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to bet on Mike Gundy. Woo! Good God. Did you guys feel that? The world just stopped spinning. <laughs> and yeah. I think the earth just shook or either that or like a, an asteroid's about to collide with earth or something. You know, some, something's maybe Armageddon's happening tomorrow or Saturday, but Oklahoma State's laying 11 and a half. I'm going to take 11 or sorry. No, 11. Oklahoma State's laying 11 points on the road at Texas Tech. Texas Tech gave up a 50-burger to TCU at home earlier this season. I think it was October 9th. Fast forward a few weeks, Oklahoma State just beat TCU by 50. So I just don't see any way that Texas Tech stops Oklahoma State from scoring at will. So I almost took the total in this game. But I feel more comfortable that Oklahoma State just beats them down. I don't think Texas Tech has a chance to keep it close. I could be wrong, but I'm going to do what I'd never do and bet on Gundy. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Oklahoma State's given up like 17 a game this year. I wouldn't touch that over. Right. So you know, and A and M or sorry, Texas Tech. They're scoring anywhere from 25 to 30 a game, typically. You know, for the most part, but they're giving up a ton of points. So I just. <sighs> They, the recent games that they've had have all gone over what the total is right now, but I just don't, like you said, I, I got no faith that they can really put up a ton of points on them. So give me Oklahoma State minus 11, reluctantly, because it's Mike Gundy and I'm cursed when it comes to him. So God, I can't wait till they win by 10 and you lose your mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, I won't lose my mind. I'm telling you, it won't shock me a bit if Texas Tech wins the fucking game. Wouldn't shock me one bit. So that being said. Timmy, what's round three? Uh, round three is the Terrapins against the Khakis. Oh, no. Don't uh, tell me you're taking Maryland. Don't make that same mistake I did. The Khakis are laying 15, and I'm going to lay those points. The Wolverines are going to obliterate the Terrapins this week. Mm. Give me Michigan. Yeah. That's another one that I actually like, so that one probably won't hit either. So. Yeah, is this you coming around on Jim Harbaugh, or is this strictly like fading Maryland pick? Uh, a little bit of both, actually. You're warming up to, wow. I think Harbaugh has his shit together this year. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. You're still all over the place. Like preseason, you were all over Iowa State, and you stuck to your guns there, and you took them. But then you flip-flopped, and you took Utah, a team that you crushed me for, for picking to win the Pac-12. And now you're taking Michigan, who we all predicted their coach to be fired. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I think they look better. Maryland just sucks. Yeah, probably not a bad pick there. So, all right, Eric, round three, man. Round numero trace. Uh, 
Houston is at home against Memphis. They're a 10-point favorite. I'm going to lay those. And uh, the the Cougars, who have won nine straight, uh, I think they handily beat Memphis, who has lost five of seven Hmm. and gives up 29 points a game. Yeah, well, I hope they do the same thing to you that they did to me. I bet on them to cover 13, and they won by 12. So hopefully they give you the same fate, and they win by nine. Wouldn't shock me. (laughs) That would be par for the course this year. Yeah. So my third pick, I'm going to take a proven winner, man. I'm going to take a proven winner. Give me a UTSA minus five at home against UAB. They're 10 and 0 this year. I feel like they get to 11 and 0. UAB's actually got a pretty good team. They're seven and three. It should be a relatively close game. But if, you know, I feel like if it was on the road, it'd be a two and a half or three point line. But at home, I think uh, UTSA stays undefeated and covers a touchdown. So yeah. In, give me, in fairness you, to UAB, in fairness to UAB, I think one of those three is Georgia, correct? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so, so can't hold that against them. Right, you can't. So they, they, they do have a good team, but I just, I'm going to stick with the proven winner, man. They're 8-2 and two this year against the spread. You know, hopefully I'm not the kiss of death and they go 8-3, and three, but I think they stay undefeated and cover five points. So UTSA minus five. All right, upsets, boys. Upset time. Timmy, who's losing? Uh, give me Sparty to go in the horseshoe and take down Ohio State this week. Are you fucking joking me right now? Nope, not joking you. I I just got a feeling in my bones, uh, a similar feeling to what I had when I said Chip Kelly would beat LSU and everybody dogged me for it. So I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. Holy shit. All right. Well, before we move forward on there, I would like to, uh, Good Lord. I can't believe that just came out of your I don't mouth. even know where to start with that. Like, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> All right. So before we move forward, uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, our friends on the Pigskin Podcast Network, uh, Standing Room Spartans Podcast. Uh, they are a Michigan State podcast. You can go check them out. They're a great group of dudes. Go give them a listen. And if, you know, if you're a Michigan State fan, it's a must listen. So check them out. But I did manage, I was trying to get them on the show this week and our timelines just couldn't match up, but I did manage to get some quality, quality info on uh, this Ohio State Michigan line, which the last I saw was at about 20 and a half. Um, I got it at 19 and a half right now. Okay. 19 and a half. There you go. So I said, uh, I said, what's your thoughts on the line and the total? And he said, uh, I love the over. I'll tell you that. He said, but here's the reality. The reality is that if Michigan State's defense was full strength, we'd have a hard time holding them under 40 points. On top of that reality, Michigan State has basically every cornerback playing at 50 to 60% dealing with various injuries and one of their top guys out entirely. We're out a starting linebacker and our other linebacker is playing in a cast. We're out a starting defensive tackle. And that's just on defense. I can't see a reality where OSU doesn't score 45-plus. The only way Michigan State hangs in this game is a couple of early stops and or turnovers on defense, plus a 40-touch absolute dominant performance by Kenneth Walker that A, keeps the OSU offense on the sideline, and B, puts Michigan State in the end zone damn near every drive. If we go down two scores in the first quarter, turn off the lights and warm up the bus. I, I agree with every, not even every sentence, every letter yeah. of, yeah, of would, that. Summary. I would have I to. Mean, uh, that well, was, I'm banking on Kenneth Walker getting the rock about 45 times. Now that I think is a reality. They'd be crazy if they don't do that. So Yeah, they Michigan State needs to get the opening kickoff and get him going first drive and score. I, I mean, if they, if they fall behind, I think they're done. I mean, well, we've seen it uh, earlier in the year. They fell behind big to Michigan and came back and won. So I'm not going to say they can't do it, but that game is at home. This game is in the shoot. So yeah, little bit different, a uh, little bit different situation here. But I, I, I'm with you, Eric. I, I don't see any way Michigan State beats them. Michigan State's defense has given up the most first downs allowed in the country, and they're going up an Ohio State team that averages 48 a game. Like that's just not a good recipe for them. I'm, Hey, all I'm saying is last time you guys shit on me like this, you guys lined up to apologize the following week. So well, we'll just I hope that. that is the case. I hope so. But that being said, in fairness to Michigan State, like 70% of those first downs were probably all in the Purdue game. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, they probably a healthy percent. An, an ab, you know, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Crazy. But hey, it's a fucking bold pick. 
I like it. Got a set of balls, Timmy. I hand it to you. So I hope you're right. I'd love to see Sparty win. I can't stand Ohio State. All right, Eric, round or uh, who's losing? Who's losing that shouldn't lose? Well, I wanted to take Ohio State over Oklahoma, but Timmy snuck that one because um, I really like that matchup for Ohio or for Iowa State. Um, so I'm going to pivot to uh, the Seminoles. Uh, they won four of their four of their last six. They just coming off a big come from behind rivalry rivalry win against Miami on the road, and they're going to Boston College, uh, a team that has lost four of their last six, and they've scored 17 points or fewer five of their last six. So uh, BC is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Norvell to get on the board this week. Give me the Knolls. Hmm. Florida State pick. Yeah, you've been in Norvell's corner most of the year, so not surprising out of you. However, boys, this is the week. This is the week where Cincinnati is no longer in the playoff conversation. Give, oh my. Give me SMU to go into Cincinnati and get a win. I'm calling it right now. They are a 11.5 point dog was the last I saw. I don't even care that they're a double-digit dog. Give me SMU to go in and ruin Cincinnati's season. Chalk it up. Going to strap a saddle on Sonny Dykes and ride him? Yes. I'm riding, the, I'm riding the Mustangs, man. Let's go. Get Cincinnati out of there. Bye-bye. I don't hate that. I, I watched parts of the Cincinnati game. Um, I, I even said in the group chat, I, I think SMU probably wins. You know, if, if one of you guys had taken the Florida State pick, I think since uh, SMU would have been my backup, backup up that pick. I, I don't hate that one. I know it's kind of a big line, but I mean, you know, SMU is a good team. They're, they're not going to a ton of publicity, but they're a good squad. Yeah, I mean, they're eight and two. They've got a good team, but you know, do I think they'll actually win? I think it's a toss up. It's on the road. If this were at SMU, I feel like the line would be quite a bit smaller, but who knows? Hopefully they win. Cause I'm sick of hearing about Cincinnati. So with that, speaking of Cincinnati, making the playoffs, let's discuss the playoffs. Uh, playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> so let's, uh, I'm going to start with you, Timmy, uh, outside of the obvious Georgia, Who's the other top three in the nation right now? Um, I think that Oregon uh, at three is better suited at five. Um, I think Michigan needs to be in the top four at this juncture right now. It goes back to that conversation about, you know, the head-to-head wins and Oregon did beat Ohio State, but that was, you know, what, week two? So. Yes. So like I said, I can understand the rationale of the committee, but I don't agree with it. And I think my top four teams are Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio State right now. Hmm. What about you, Eric? I'm, I mostly agree. Um, so the, the playoff rankings came out about an hour ago. or is that, I guess that's when I noticed they came out. We're recording this Tuesday night. Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State um, are the top four again because they all won. And I'm with Timmy. I probably would flip Oregon and Ohio State, but I don't think I would leave Oregon out. I do think they'll lose again and take themselves out. And I think that fourth spot, you know, depending on what happens, Ohio State, Michigan game um, could go to them. But I'm okay with the top four as it stands right now. Hmm. Well, the good thing that Ohio State has working for them is that their loss is a non conference loss. You know, so they still, even if they were to lose this week, would still have a outside chance to get to the Big Ten title game. Well, not only that, but the loss was very, very early in the season, which we've seen in the past the committee recognizes and you know actually rewards teams who lose early vice who lose late. Right. So if I were to have a top four right now, as, uh, as it stands at this moment, my top four would be Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and probably Michigan. You, I, I would hear, I would listen to an argument ver- of Michigan versus Oregon, but that that Stanford loss for Oregon just ugh, I, I can't get, yeah, keep going back to that Stanford. I can't game. I can't get past it, man. I just can't. It's fucking terrible. Like you can't. I'm lose. in agreement with you. You can't that, lose that. to Stanford. You just can't. I mean, they stink. So I I don't know. I I can't get past that. I, I even if Oregon wins out, short of just it, you know, if nobody else loses a game out of say Michigan or Michigan state or whatever, you know, the, the thing working for Oregon in their favor is that Michigan and Michigan state both have to play Ohio state. So if Ohio state beats both of those teams, it makes Oregon look even fucking better. Right. And it, and it takes a potential team that could jump them out of the picture as well. Right. So, you know, I've got Oregon outside my top four, but I, 
if they win out and Ohio State wins out, I mean, I think it stays the way it is. But that being said, we know one and two are more than likely going to have to play each other short of just a crazy upset, you know, on the part of Alabama. They have Arkansas this week and then a layup before they play Auburn and an Auburn without Bo Nix. It is on the, the ro- out. It is on the road. So that, you know, regardless of who's playing quarterback, that'll be a tough game for them. So you can kind of throw out records and whatever most of the time. So, but assuming Alabama wins those two games, which they'll be favored in both. I mean, I, Georgia and Alabama, man, I keep going back to it. It's so hard for me to bet against Saban against a former assistant. I mean, Jesus, he's 24 and one against them. What are you going to do? I mean, is this just the year where, I mean, I saw a line that came out from Circus Sportsbook that it's a, a projected betting line of three and a half in favor of Georgia uh, if they were to play Alabama in the SEC title. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would lay the points. What do you think, Eric? If I had to bet that one, I would probably take Georgia to cover, but I would be nervous about it because I don't think they would cover it by very much. I, I could see them winning by six or seven. But they're not going to go. They're not going to go into Atlanta and beat Alabama by fourteen. It would surprise me if they did. But I mean, I w- I will say this. You know, we haven't touched on the Heisman, and I don't see much need to. Um, if Alabama wins out and beats Georgia, I think Bryce Young wins the Heisman. He's the odds-on favorite yeah. to win it as it stands. But yeah, I think he might win it even if they go lose that game. Yeah, it's possible. Now, the situation I want to throw at you guys. Um, Let's do some scenario-based stuff here, okay? So we're all assuming that Georgia goes 12-0, and 0, and let's get into this scenario here. Leaving the SEC, okay, if Ohio State wins out, that to me is the most likely scenario. They win out, they win the Big Ten, and they go and represent a spot in the playoffs, okay? Now, that being said, if Ohio State were to lose to either Michigan or Michigan State, and say, whatever happens, some fucking miracle, the Big Ten West ends up getting a win and screwing the Big Ten champ out of the playoffs. Then what the fuck do you do? Who Cincinnati you put, gets in. Okay, so they're automatically in over, say, an undefeated, or sorry, a one-loss Oklahoma State Big 12 champ. Do you put Cincinnati yeah. in over them? I think they do get in. Well, in order for, for Oklahoma to be a one-loss Big 12 champ, they're going to have to beat Oklahoma twice. Right. Which at this rate, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. Oh, it's not nearly out of the realm of possibility. I would, if I had to bet how those two games are going to go, I I would certainly take Oklahoma State to sweep them before I'd take Oklahoma to win, you know, to win them both. But um, I don't know. I think Oklahoma State's problem is they started off too far back. Well, the thing about it, Michigan and Michigan State, assuming Ohio State wins out, are both going to drop. They will. But but if Notre Dame keeps winning, that looks better for Cincinnati as well and for Notre Dame. Oh, well, yeah. Notre Dame's got nobody left. I mean, they, they should win out 100%. So, so if Cincinnati if Cincinnati's 12-0 with the win over 11-1 Notre Dame, I, they might stay ahead of Oklahoma State, even though they would have a win over Baylor, two wins over Oklahoma, a win over K-State. Ah, man, I don't know. I, the Big Ten games are going to clear up a lot of this for us. Um, really the big thing depends on the SEC championship because if, if Alabama wins that, them and Georgia, they're both in. So that's two spots right off the bat. And then it's what happens in the Big Ten, uh, what happens in the Big 12, what happens with Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Well, here's another scenario you guys aren't, you're neglecting to mention here. <laughs> Oregon could fucking lose this week and be out. Pac-12, gone. Yeah, they could I lose. called it. They yeah. could lose twice. Yeah. So you're talking about if Oregon were to drop a game either this week or in the Pac-12 title, they're gone. And yeah, you know, yeah, Ohio I guess I'm State talking about all these, whoever about all these other teams because I assume that they're going to lose again this year. Honestly, and that's the most likely scenario that I see as Cincinnati's path to the playoff is Oregon dropping out of there. Ohio State probably holds serve in the Big Ten, and then they slide in at four. Hmm. See, I just don't I, I don't see a scenario where Cincinnati gets in unless somebody I mean, what are you gonna do? Here here's a scenario I'm gonna throw at you. Based on all the criteria that a lot of it we don't know, but we do know most of it. You know, the goal is to have the four best teams, right? Do we all agree there? That's what that's their stated goal, yes. 
Okay. I'm so if not that's 100% your state, convinced that's your only goal, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So if that is your stated goal, say Alabama goes and plays Georgia and loses on a game winning field goal, kind of like they did against, you know, Texas A&M, like game winning field goal, game over, right? Comes down to the last second. You got Alabama sitting at, you know, 11 and two now. Do you put in a Cincinnati, whose best win is Notre Dame and didn't play a soul the rest of the year over Alabama, who just took number one down to the wire? Do we honestly think Cincinnati's better than them? I think it depends on who the other two teams in that four-team slate are. Okay. All right. So, right. So then it becomes an argument, assuming, okay, so if you're good with putting Alabama in at that point over or along with Cincinnati, are you good putting Alabama or Alabama in over a two loss Alabama in over a one loss Oklahoma State team or a one loss Notre Dame? I would only because they took a number one team down to the wire. You know, I don't see that as too big of a black eye. I mean, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that a two loss SEC team gets in. Like I said that before, but I could see it happening. Well, I, I just keep going back to the whole four best teams argument. Like, do we really, honestly, can any of us sit here and say, we think Cincinnati is looking at the top 25 rankings. Do you think they are just unquestionably better than everybody but three teams? It goes back to my argument about just playing it out on the field. I don't know, because they haven't played those teams. So my contention is, fucking put them in, see how it goes. Then you'll yeah, know. I, I'm with Timmy. I don't think they are, but I'm. I, I would rather... Instead of getting into hypotheticals, like, oh, well, you know, they would be favored by such and such points over Cincinnati. Well, okay. Well, then why don't we just, you know, let Vegas tell us who the best team is and then not even bother with the game. Like, right. give, give them a shot, put them on the field, either they'll acquit themselves and prove what they've been saying for years and years and years, or more likely, they'll be like every other four seed, they'll get stomped and they'll, you know, go away for a little bit and we won't have to hear about it. And then we can put that conversation to bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm almost to the point where I'm just like, just let them in and play the games. And then and then we'll actually find out instead of arguing about it. Well, uh, I'm going to throw the final nightmare scenario at you. Okay, so get, get ready for this. Okay, we're going to assume that Alabama wins out and beats Georgia. Now they're number one. Georgia, in my opinion, would only drop to two. So you got Alabama and Georgia in. We're going to assume Oregon loses because we all think they will, so they're gone. Ohio State wins out. They're number three. Now you've got a combination of Cincinnati and Notre, Notre Dame, which we think Cincinnati would probably get in over them. Because they beat them. Yes. So you've got Cincinnati, and then we're going to erase Notre Dame. But then what if Oklahoma State and Wake Forest went out? Or, then or you're even... Then you're sitting yeah, with 11 or yeah, it'd be 12 and one. Both teams are 12 and one sitting there against 12 and 0 Cincinnati conference champs. Who are you going to put in at that point as the fourth team, Cincinnati, Oklahoma state or wake? I think you've already seen the playoff committee standpoint on Cincinnati versus the ACC versus the big 12. I mean, they're at five. They haven't moved. You know, Oklahoma State and Wake Forest are where they are. If the committee hold more value in those conferences, then I think they would be above them. Yeah, but we've seen this before. The first year in the playoffs, I mean, TCU was like number two, and they dropped them all the way to five in the last final week, even though they won big. I mean, we, I just, I don't know. I don't see how you can put Cincinnati in over Wake or Oklahoma State, in my opinion. I don't. There's no way. I just don't see it. They didn't play a fucking soul. Well, you can contend that Wake didn't play a soul either. <laughs> well, at least they beat Clemson. You know, Jesus. I mean, I don't That's know. That's an accomplishment this year. <sighs> well, Clemson's better than anybody on Cincinnati's schedule except Notre Dame. They've played some tough games, you know, and they're going to have to go and probably beat Pittsburgh, who's also a good team. Better than anybody else Cincinnati's played except Notre Dame. So. They've played tougher games than Cincinnati has. I mean, you go look at their their strength of schedule, it's tougher. North Carolina, also a good team. You know, I mean, you see what I'm saying? So Yeah. So we we talk about Wake hasn't played anybody and that's kind of not true. Yeah. Um, they they have played good teams. 
So I, I went through the top 11 teams and I figured out everyone's combined opponent record. And it may shock you to find out that Cincinnati has the worst by far by, uh, look, looks like six games. Uh, Cincinnati's opponents this year are 39 and 50. Ugh. In game, and that's not even counting the, the 10 losses they've taken against Cincinnati. That's in all their other games except playing Cincinnati. They're 39 and 50. Um, next worst one, surprisingly, is Michigan State at 45 and 44. But most of the top teams have well above 500 records as far as their opponents. Like Georgia's at 56 and 34, and that's not even counting the 10 L's that Georgia's given them. So I don't know. All I know is if Cincinnati gets in over some of these other teams, I, I mean, it's just, it's a participation trophy, man. It is. Like, it's a congratulations. Here you go. Here's your shot. I mean, I, well, I just, I don't agree somewhat. with that. I don't know. I don't see it that way. I, I see it as settling the argument on, you know, whether or not a team that can dominate in the group of five is good enough to play with contenders in the other power five conferences and win a game on the field. Okay. So I mean, let me ask you this. If Notre Dame, who's an independent, went and scheduled Cincinnati's schedule and the same situation happened, they went undefeated, would you be sitting over there going, yeah, they deserve to be in? No, you'd be saying, that's fucking bullshit. They scheduled a bunch of cupcakes so they could go undefeated. I mean, I'm, I might agree with that, except for the one fact that Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Well, I'm just using that as an example, like a team like, or like BYU, you know, who's independent and can schedule whoever the fuck they want. You schedule a bunch of Division Two teams and go 12-0, and big fucking whoop. On top of that, they struggled against bad teams like Navy. <laughs> I mean... What are we saying? They don't deserve to be in. I don't know how you guys can say just put them in because that's bullshit. You're like screwing an Oklahoma State team who, you know, finally gets a shot after having a great fucking season. I I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. All I'm interested in is seeing the outcome on the field. That's all I care about. Well, we're going to get to it eventually. I would imagine a 12-team playoff is on tap here pretty soon. You know, whatever, 2025, I think, is when this contract's up. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if they go to eight or 12. But, and honestly, no matter how many teams you put it, you're going to get arguments on, on oh, that, yeah. that, that yeah. borderline of who's in and who's out. Well, and the funny part about it to me, it's like, you know, well, well we need to see some parody. We need parody in, the, in college football. It's good for college football to have parody. I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do? We're going to expand to 12. Okay, so basically what you're telling me, is you're going to fucking guarantee that two to three SEC teams get in every year. I mean, you can like book that. Alabama and Georgia are automatically already in. Ole Miss is in. I mean, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Well, I mean, it, it could, but at, at the same, you know, point, you know, it opens up the possibility of upsets on the field. And it creates an opportunity for some of these programs that might not normally have a shot at a national championship to get hot and win one. And then that increases their recruiting potential and it can turn a program around. You know, it, it's like I said before, man, I just want to see the teams play each other on the field. And whatever happens, happens. I've, I've totally dropped the ball on this. I have got a listener who... <laughs> Ooh, ooh, ooh. Who, who sent in some picks and apparently Eric's got something as well. Okay. No, I want to hear the, I want to hear the listener picks. Oh man. Yeah. So this guy, <laughs> it's funny. He, he didn't send his real name. Let me, let me pull it up here. He goes by that damn guy. <laughs> Whatever oh, the fuck. I know him. Yeah. <laughs> Is this Hugh Freeze? I don't, I don't know who he is. He just goes by that damn guy, whatever that is. So that damn guy's dogs of the week. So I'm not sure. Like if you gave me three picks that I could go and find that I hated the worst, I think this would be them. So that damn guy's dogs of the week are New Mexico plus 27 and a half. And by the way, that's on the road at Boise on the blue turf. I looked it up. Oof. I mean, what? New Mexico, like they stink. They're terrible. Wait, it, and he, is New Mexico who Alabama just beat by 50 or was that New Mexico State? I think that's New Mexico State. So Okay, it's um, a different team. Yeah, New Mexico, they're not much better. Uh, a matter of fact, Are they really though. A matter of fact, I think New Mexico State beat them earlier in the season. So um 
New Mexico plus 27 and a half on the road at Boise. I hate that pick. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to wonder about that one. And here's an interesting one. <laughs> oh, I can't believe this is, I can't believe this is real. This has to be some kind of spoof. Uh, Georgia Southern at home against BYU plus 20. No way. No fucking Excuse me? No, absolutely not. No fucking way. Clay Helton, he's going to get destroyed. Oh, he's not even coaching yet. He's just recruiting. Uh, I don't they know. They still got going. the interim. No, I've watched I've watched four parts of four Georgia Southern games this year. No. Next next pick. Yeah. All right. And the last but not least, I don't know what he sees here. Maybe I mean, I God, Vanderbilt. Did you take a Sparty? Van, take a Sparty in the shoe? Vanderbilt plus 36 on the road at Ole Miss. Ooh. Um, I feel like I'm, Ole Miss hangs a 50-burger on them. I don't know. I'm usually a fan of getting in on the action of like those plus 30 games like I did with Kansas. Well, it's hard to get up for I, I a Vanderbilt. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> laying 39 with Oklahoma and laying 36 with Mississippi are entirely different things. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so that damn guy, whoever you are, if you hit all three of those. I have a question. You can have my spot on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're welcome to come on. Yeah, if you have any of them, right. Um, so are these, you said they're, they're, they're his dogs of the week? Yeah, are his they, un, like, yeah, his underdogs of the week. That's what it says. Okay, so that damn guy's D-O- dogs of the week. D-O-G-S or D-A-W-G-S? Well, he spelt it D-O-G-S. Apparently okay. he's civilized. Okay. Right. So he's not from Georgia. Yeah, All right. yeah, I'm just trying to get at least narrow down to a region. Yeah, I don't. He doesn't reside in Camden County. No, I don't know because New Mexico, Georgia Southern, Vanderbilt. I mean, I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he's got some wild picks. That's for sure. So he's not shy. Yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah, much. no, he's got some uh, big. He's got a big sack if he's betting those games. Because, uh, but then again, based on our re- our recent uh, success, yeah, I would say do we, know? we don't know shit. Yeah, we don't fucking know. So maybe I'll laugh if he hits all three of them. We all go zero and four. So I'll quit. I'll. Just- you yeah, know, I'll, if I'll that mail happens, in my microphone and walk away. Yeah, if that happens, I'm with Eric. I'm fucking quitting the podcast game. Pods, pods over. Yeah, I'm out. All right, so I think that's going to wrap us up for the week. You guys can find us on the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're available on all podcast platforms. You can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. Go give us a listen. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Five stars only, please. And we will be back with you next week for Week 13. See you then. Eat shit, Lincoln Riley. Peace. I'm so leaving that in there. (laughs) Thank you very much. Have a great day.